Welcome to this podcast from The Well, a United Methodist Church in Rosemount, Minnesota. Thank you for taking the time to listen. For more information, please check us out at thewellmn.church. Grace and peace be with you. Thank you, Martha. What a great way to celebrate joy. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Sherry Mornson, the lead pastor here at The Well, and it is such a joy to see all of you here this morning. If you are a visitor and you are here for the first time, we want to welcome you to this amazing church. We have a gift for you at the welcome desk, and we would love to be able to share with you what God is doing here in our midst. God with us during this Advent season to bring us hope and love and joy and peace. So we are thrilled that you are with us this morning. It is Sunday. The best day of the week. Amen. We say that every week, but it is so true. It is the best day of the week. And today is going to be an incredible day in so many ways as we celebrate God's joy in our midst. Just have a few announcements for you. If you have not returned in your pledge stewardship card for this year. We encourage you to do that so that we can continue to work on our budget. We will have a church conference the first of the year, and this just helps us as we begin to plan for ministry and programs in the days ahead. Also, we are so excited that next Saturday night at 7 p.m., we are going to have a Christmas concert with the choir, and we have a cantata, mini cantata going on, and a opportunity for our contemporary worship team, and I think we have bells, and oh man, it's going to be amazing. So I encourage you to come and to bring your friends, and this is our first opportunity since the pandemic to come and to celebrate together, and much of that music will then be presented on Sunday morning, so the Well Christmas concert uh, is going to be amazing. Emily has friends that will bring a string orchestra, and uh, I don't even know all of the amazing things that are going to be happening, but come for that. Also, on December 18th at 6.30 p.m. will be our longest night service. And we want you to know that if you are struggling, if you have transition or loss in your life, this service is for us to come together and to be able to reflect and to have a time of worship and an opportunity for us to remember those that we have lost in the last few years, but also for us to mourn and grieve different changes and transitions in our life. This is probably one of my favorite services at the well. And I encourage you, if you have never come, LV plays uh, for us, and uh, it is an amazing opportunity for you. Today, our Advent theme is on joy, and uh, I find incredible joy as I see the hearts of the people who are here. There's incredible joy. Katie told me that this morning all of our children's ministries are working on Christmas cards for the Rosemont and an opportunity for our children and family ministries to be the hands and feet of Jesus and how incredible that is for us. Last week, we had a weekend of celebrations. We had our Christmas tea 
And on Sunday night, we had the Rosemont Community Band. One of the things that we are committed and want to continue to do is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And this year, we identified the Rosemont Resource Center as one of the places that we at the well could make a difference. Don and I went in and uh, met Tom Halloran about a month ago and began to see and hear the needs in our community right here in Rosemont. And as we met with Tom, he shared the needs for food. He also shared the need for uh, us to come alongside and support them. So when you walk in the door, you see that we're collecting food for the Resource Center. One of our, our Advent offerings is for the Resource Center. And I always stand in awe of this church. Tom, why don't you come up here? This is Tom Halloran from the Resource Center. I love this church. This is such a generous church. And between our events uh, last weekend and some checks and a Dairy Queen card in here, we have the privilege and the blessing and the joy to give. And we are here to give you $4,000 worth of gift cards. There are gas cards there. There are, I believe, 48 different cards, uh, $25 gas cards that Tom identified as a huge need in our community right now for people to be able to drive to work, people who are living in their cars, and also uh, to help with food. There are $25 Target cards in there and also $25 Cub Foods cards. So do you want to say a few words? I do. I wish you could see on the other end, uh, like I get to uh, just be the uh, conduit for your generosity. Um, I handed out a few last week uh, to people um, who are in such grave need. The stress is, is extraordinary, and the reaction is tears. And uh, people feel um, such loneliness now. Is there anybody here with me? Is there anybody that can help? And I'm sure the question, where is God, comes up a lot too. And what this is gonna do is um, let people know they're not alone, that there are wonderful angels on earth like you folks uh, right here, just a few blocks away. So on their behalf, I say thank you. So Jim, why don't you come up, and uh, Rich, I saw you here. Uh, Jim and Rich also volunteer at the Resource Center, and we just want to pray for you and pray for your ministry, and are so thankful for you as you serve so many. So let's pray for Tom and the Resource Center. So Lord, on this day, we come before you, and we thank you. We thank you, God, for this church and the generosity of this church, for the heart of people who want to reflect your love and your grace and your hope to others. And so, Lord, we ask that you would bless Tom, that you would bless 360 and the Resource Center, and that, Lord, uh, 
people would experience your presence and your power, especially during this Christmas season. Lord, may this gift be multiplied, that through your love, that others will be impacted and experience the love of Christ. So, Lord, be with Tom, be with his team. We ask, God, for your blessing to be upon the Resource Center, that you would lead people, lead people who have lost hope, that you would be a source of joy and a source of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We light again the first two candles in our Advent wreath to remind us of God's gifts of hope and love. Today we will light the third candle, the candle of joy. As we wait for Christmas, the birth of Jesus, we look forward to the joyful celebrations we will share and those we love. The prophet Zephaniah calls us to shout for joy because God will transform the people. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angel told the shepherds not to be afraid. The angels brought good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. The good news of Jesus' birth and the promise of shalom are still tidings of great joy for us today. Paul tells us to we join in God always. The third candle reminds us of our joy in Jesus Christ. All right, and if y'all join us, uh, that is joy. Thank you for the excitement and delight you experience at this joyful time of year. Help us to share your joy with others, so that they too will be filled with your spirit. Amen. I think it's time for the sermon. Uh, so, uh, I want to thank the Hofer family. My goodness. Uh, uh, I got some sweater envy going on. Those are fantastic. Do they come in uh, extra large, tall? Because uh, I want one. Thank you. Thank you for reading so beautifully. And to our choir, my goodness. Uh, it's just been so good to be in God's house today. Already. And now here we go. Um, I want to invite you to turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah, which is right in the middle of your Bible. And we're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 2, uh, first of all, and then we're going to skip ahead a little bit to chapter 35. So Isaiah chapter 2, beginning in uh, the verse numbered 1. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, <clears throat> the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as <clears throat> the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. <clears throat> All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. I think this is the moment when I was supposed to drink this water. Because <laughs> I'm a little froggy. That he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of <clears throat> Zion 
shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, <clears throat> come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And then from chapter 35, just these verses. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of, the, of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Verse 10, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. May God bless the reading of God's holy word. And would you pray with me? And now, Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, for you are indeed my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I thought we'd begin with a bit of a linguistics uh, lesson this morning, and I can see how excited you are about, <laughs> about a little linguistics today. When I think of the word advent, I, I sometimes think of the word adventure. And advent always has a sense of adventure to it. The Greek word means to come, shows up 1,462 times in the Bible. I counted every last one of them. God is coming, Scripture tells us over and over again, and we're saying, well, come on, God, we're ready. Advent's like the hush in a theater before the curtain rises. It's, it's like that hazy ring around the moon this time of year that says the snow is coming. And it's coming, by the way, this week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It promises to be uh, about uh, 47 inches is what I heard. <laughs> so we're just going to hunker down. Advent means coming, and the promise of what's coming is unimaginable. It's the invasion of holiness is what it is. And that's what we're waiting for. It's coming, but it's also waiting. Advent is waiting. You remember that Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, the part where he talks about, about the waiting place. It's for people just waiting, waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow. or waiting around for a yes or no. That's Advent too. We, we find ourselves in this waiting place. Some years ago, I was invited to go to Haiti, 
went to participate in the distribution of food by an organization that I was to become deeply involved with for the next decade, Feed My Starving Children, an international uh, relief ministry dedicated to feeding the world's hungriest children in body and spirit. We were scheduled to fly into Haiti's capital city, Port-au-Prince. We had a layover in Cleveland and encountered some mechanical problems. And because we were already on the runway, uh, we were told that we could not get off the plane, just had to wait until things got figured out. So there we sat, almost three hours into our wait, all of us on the plane at wit's end, when one of the passengers, this guy right behind me, gets somebody in authority on the cell phone, and we heard him yell at the top of his lungs, what is it about three hours on this runway do you not understand? And we all burst into applause. You know, that, that's our guy right there. Shortly after we were finally on our way, we got to Haiti the next day, went to a village called Latente, where we were scheduled to distribute that village's monthly allotment of food. And we arrived to find this scene. The people were lined up in the blistering sun. Ninety-some degrees... 90-something humidity. And we learned that they'd been waiting there in that line for three hours for our truck to come, holding their cards, their punch cards, entitling them to a box of food, the only thing between them and starvation for the next month. And not only that, many of them had walked three hours to get to their place in line. And I remember a prayer welling up in me. God, what is it about six hours in this line that you do not understand? Of course, God did understand. And God grieved with us. You see, when it's Advent, it's, it's almost like we're pregnant. I know we boys aren't supposed to talk like that, suggest that possibility about ourselves, but it's like, it's like we're pregnant and waiting, longing for God to be born, and the waiting is really, really hard. It's how our whole life is spent, right? One way or another, we're waiting. We call information, we're looking for a number, get put on hold, we're waiting while this really thin, irritating music plays. I know... I know Siri and Alexa have done away with most of that, but still. Or our order hasn't come at the restaurant, or the elevator must be stuck, or our spouse or our kid is late. Will the snow ever melt, the rain ever stop, the pain ever dry? Will anyone ever understand, will I ever change? That's Advent. I try to imagine how the people of Israel must have felt all those centuries ago, facing what they faced, all the threat and destruction, being exiled by one empire after another to some God-forsaken place more than 500 years before the time of Jesus, they listened to this, I have a dream speech from Isaiah. 
this vision of the future where things were supposed to change for the better, where the desert they were in was supposed to blossom and bring them to a place of joy. But when they, when they looked around, looked around and saw their beautiful city, Jerusalem, all burned and battered by powers that must have seemed unstoppable, why, I can almost hear them say, What, Isaiah? In the days to come, the prophet says, things going to get better. So like when exactly? You're talking later this week? This year is a part of God's five-year plan for us? When do we get to go up to God's holy mountain and hear the ways of peace, the ways that will lead us to beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks and our fighter planes into garden implements? When is it, Isaiah? When nation will no longer rise up against nation and we won't have to spend untold billions of dollars studying how to make war better than our enemies do? When will we know what it's like to walk in the light of the Lord? Because I, for one, want to know, I need to know, because we're tired of waiting for that day to come. The words we read a moment ago, that part of Isaiah chapter 2, those words are engraved on a wall near the headquarters of the United Nations in New York City. Some of you may have seen them there. A place where they inspire the work of so many nations, so many different cultures yearning to live together in justice and peace. These are words that form a recitation by the prophet Isaiah, a recitation of God's promise, a promise of a future so very different from the one that was visible just then, and so very different from the one that is visible to us just now. They are words so graceful, so haunting, so expressive of our deepest yearnings that we use them in our public life as a vision for all of God's children, this powerful image to hold in our hearts during these cold and difficult days. Of course, it's not just that we wait for what God has promised. It's, it's how we wait, too. That matters. That's what Isaiah wanted the people to understand, because you can either wait passively, shut yourself down, or you can wait by living to make a difference, by trying to help the thing along that you're waiting for. How can we, who are people of faith, transcend our differences and speak with one voice about the call to peace given by a God who loves each and every one of us? How can we share in common our care for our children, or for the earth, or for the future. All that brings us together in recognition that we belong to the same God and therefore find our common ground in peace and not in war. What ways do we need to imagine our interaction to change? How might we deepen our respect for one another? How might we hear one another? And in the hearing, listen for the voice of the still-speaking God? Those are Advent questions right there, the kind that make our waiting a difference-making waiting. Bill Muell used to be the professor of preaching at Yale Divinity School, and he tells the story of a kid who, who was in preschool and had made this ceramic figure meant to be taken home as a gift to his parents 
on the last day of class before Christmas. But when the kids saw his parents in the hallway, he got so excited that he ran toward them and he tripped and the ceramic ceramic figure crashed to the ground. It shattered into a hundred tiny pieces. So the father took his sobbing, frightened little boy up in his arms and he tried consoling him. He said, don't cry, it's all right, it doesn't matter. But the child's mother, much wiser in such matters, quickly intervened. And she said, oh no, it does matter. And she wept with her son. On this third Sunday in Advent, the prophet Isaiah is trying to tell us that God has set this beautiful vision in front of us, but that life is short. And along the way to that vision, we have broken some things. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. Some relationships have been broken, responsibilities messed up, and that brokenness is at all levels. It's in our families, our churches, our communities, our nation, our world, and it matters. It matters that we can make it right again. It matters that we acknowledge it before God and before each other so that we can begin to bring healing again where the brokenness lies. You see, if we believe the words of the prophet, then we wait for and watch for and prepare for and hope for and work for God's kingdom of justice and love and peace right in the midst of time, our time. And the promise is one of great joy. And here's what I believe. We, we might just make it. That's what I believe. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for a promise to us that sometimes we can, we can see the fulfillment of it and other times we just can't see it. And so I ask that you'd give us uh, the faith to believe what we can't see Help us to remember the times in the past when you, uh, when you have provided for us and shown yourself to be faithful to us even when we couldn't see it. Thank you that you're a God who comes through for us, whether we are faithful or unfaithful. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, receive this benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.